0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. My voice is a little scratchy, so I'm a little bit hoarse, but I'll do the best that I can, and I appreciate your patient understanding with me today. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to continue in our Wilderness Man at the Jordan series on John the Immerser. And we're going to look today at Lesson 11, the meeting, the meeting. We have seen who John the Immerser, John the Baptist, is, who he was prophesied to be. We've seen how he has come on the scene and he matches perfectly exactly what his mission and his message was supposed to be. We've seen how he is the one to come before the messenger or the mediator of the new covenant. And we've seen... John's ministry, primarily in the mikvah, baptism, and its importance and significance for us, but also for repentance for the people to prepare them for Messiah. In today's lesson, we will cover the meeting, the meeting between the forerunner, who is John the Baptist or John the Immerser, and the mediator, the messenger that John was sent to introduce as the forerunner and the voice to proclaim him this is in my opinion the turning point in John's ministry all that came before was in preparation for this very day and when this meeting happens a new dynamic and ministry twist or pursuit occurs for both of these men one's ministry officially begins the other man's ministry officially begins to decline, as we will see later. This is the day John was made for, so to speak. The day that John was called to prepare the people for. The one John was to introduce is now coming on the scene. John would now tell about the one who would now take the reins, and we will talk more about that in the next lesson. So we have seen all the preliminary and introductory information necessary in these previous lessons about who John is as the messenger and the voice prophesied, and the Levitical priest through Aaron's bloodline. Now these points from the prior lessons will be evident as to their necessity in understanding this critical juncture between John and Jesus. We've also laid the groundwork in the past for this meeting in terms of the Messiah, the mediator that John is now officially going to meet. So let's move forward. Let's remind ourselves first of all of the players, so to speak, or the people involved in the story, in the account of John, his birth and all that would occur in those chapters in Luke chapter one and two. Remember who the characters are, the people are in these chapters. We have Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias was a Levitical priest. They were cousins of Mary of Nazareth. They were the ones who were given the promise and the miracle of John's birth. There was a visit with Mary that happened during Elizabeth's pregnancy. And we have a real connection between Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Both boys that these two women carried were prophetic and special. Mary is to be the mother of the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. She was a descendant of David biologically. She was betrothed to Joseph, who was a descendant of David through Solomon, the line of the kings. God took care of the fact that Jesus would be the son of David, the heir to the throne through Solomon's line, even though there had become a curse on that line in the time of Jeconiah and around the Babylonian captivity because God in his infinite wisdom saw to it and Mary was his biological mother, giving Jesus the biological connection to David, But Joseph was not Jesus' biological father. However, he was recognized as the father of Jesus by the leadership, by the Jewish people, and the Jewish leaders. This gave him the legal heirship to the throne. He was considered a son of Joseph, an heir to David's throne. Mary visited Elizabeth the last three months of her pregnancy, apparently from scripture, leaving before John was born. This is indicated from Luke chapter 1. John's birth is mentioned, and at his name day, when he was circumcised on the eighth day and given his name, we have Zacharias' wonderful prophecy when his tongue was loosed. And in that prophecy, Zacharias speaks of the Messiah who's coming and of John's connection to him. But Mary has returned to Nazareth by this time. God convinced Joseph about Jesus being the son of God. And then we have the birth of Jesus that comes six months later, most likely in around the time of Sukkot or the time of the tabernacles in the fall feast days. Zacharias and Elizabeth are both very old, very aged. They probably did not live too long after John's birth. We're unsure, we are not told when they died. The Jewish records and genealogies may have that. I do not know, but I do not know from scripture how long they lived. So we covered many of those considerations in the episode entitled, Mean Time, where we looked at John's early life. It does appear from scripture, however, that John and Jesus had never met yet at least not during an adult age where John would have known or remembered Jesus. They may have seen each other in early childhood. Elizabeth and Mary may have visited somehow, maybe before the flight to Egypt when they were toddlers and infants, maybe at pilgrim's feast as they were growing up. We do not know, but it appeared at least in their adult life in the lifetime when they would have known each other and remembered that they had never met before. It could be that John was already in the desert by even the time of Jesus' bar mitzvah, which was around the age of 13, as all Jewish boys would face. We do know that at the age of 12, Jesus was in the temple. And we know from Jewish tradition that the training would begin about a year prior to the actual bar mitzvah. And they had to prepare and be ready to present a sermon, if you will, a drash of a particular passage of scripture. And so we see Jesus has done that in Luke chapter 2, verse 41 through 51. I'd like to read that to us now. His parents, meaning Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So we see this happens at about 12 years old. After the birth of John and the birth of Jesus happens, we don't read any more about John until he is coming on the scene to begin his ministry at about 30 years old, as an adult, so we do not know if he and Jesus ever met prior to this time. Nowhere in their early lives do we read of any interaction or meeting with them prior to when Jesus is coming to John at the Jordan for this meeting. John's own words told to John the Apostle and recorded by John the Apostle In John chapter 1 indicate that John did not know who exactly Jesus was. He knew that he was there. He knew that he had been prophesied and, and had come on the scene. He probably knew from his mother maybe some of the information about Jesus' birth and how they were connected. He may have known all of those things, but from what John apparently testifies, He did not know who Jesus was. In John chapter 1, verse 14 through 34, we read of this account. Beginning in verse 14, it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John, speaking of John the Baptist now, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Verse 19. Now this is the testimony of John. This is speaking again of John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabarba, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So here we have John's own words recorded by John the Apostle for us. Twice here, John the Baptist testifies that he did not know who he was. John only was able to identify him because of the sign that God had given him to watch for that sign of the one that had the Spirit of God descending upon him. Now, John knows that this is the Messiah, the Son of God. It appears that John knew that he was among them. He knew that he was alive. He knew that he was going to be coming on the scene soon. He just didn't know who he was. The official meeting happens, and Jesus is identified by God to John with that sign. John finally got to meet Jesus and to know who he was. Why this specific day? Now we don't know the exact day or of the week that it was, but it was the very day appointed by God. I want us to see that in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So Paul is telling us here in Galatians that it was the specific fullness of time, of the time. In other words, it was the completion, the time when that day fully and finally fulfilled, filled to the brim, the time that God had spoken about and all of the prophets had told about. In other words, it was like you put a cake in the oven and you set a timer and then the buzzer buzzes or the dinger dings. And that dinger ding, it was now the time, the specific day. As a matter of fact, he says when the fullness of the time, the definite article in the Greek, in other words, the specific chronos time that set date on the calendar the specific day that god had set in the chronology of history we don't know exactly when it was but it was god's chosen day and it had arrived it had happened it had come luke chapter 3 beginning in verse 23 tells us more about this it says this now jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mattath, Mattath, the son of Levi, and then he goes on and on and on with the genealogy all the way back. Jesus begins his ministry officially on this day at this time, about 30 years old, a specific age, and it fulfills a specific Torah requirement, which we will discuss more in the next episode. And Jesus comes to John. Notice Jesus doesn't go to the temple. Jesus doesn't go to anybody else. He goes to the specific person, John the Immerser. We're going to look at that in the next episode as well and understand why. Why Jesus came to John and why Jesus came when he came. The specific person of Jesus was considered And we're told here he was considered the son of Joseph as was supposed. In other words, he was deemed by custom or understood legally by law as recognized and regarded as the son of Joseph. He was not the son of Joseph, but he was considered the son of Joseph legally and deemed by custom in their custom, in their tradition. Scripture proves that he was considered as the son of Joseph in several places. Luke chapter 4 verse 22, John chapter 1 verse 45 through 46, John chapter 6 verse 42. I'd like for us to read those. In John chapter 1 verse 45 through 46, it says this, He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. So here we see Jesus again being referred to as the son of Joseph. In John chapter 6, let's read verse 41 through 45. The Jews then complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I've come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So here again, we see the Pharisees, the leaders, recognized him and thought him to be the son of Joseph. So they consider him the son of Joseph of Nazareth. But in Luke chapter 3, we are given Mary's lineage, Mary's genealogy not Joseph's. The proof comes in verse 23 through 32. When you compare that with Matthew chapter 1, you will find out that they're the same until you get to David, but there are two different sons of David. Joseph was a son from Solomon's line. Mary was a descendant from Nathan's line. Both were biological sons of David of the tribe of Judah. So this day of this meeting finally comes. John the Apostle records it for us earlier, as we saw in this lesson. I want us just to look at the other Gospels that also tell us about this meeting, the actual meeting. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Mark chapter 1. Verse nine, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Luke chapter three, verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed, the heaven was opened. All four gospels, including what we've already read from John's gospel, record this special and eventful day. The day that their direction changed, the day that their course would change, the direction from God had always been the same, but it was the day when it actually came to pass that their course changed, both Jesus and John. Jesus would now increase. John would now decrease. Jesus' ministry would begin in earnest. John's ministry would begin to wrap up before long. This was a pivotal day that God had chosen and brought to pass in its specific time, the actual day of the meeting at the mikvah between the forerunner, the messenger, the voice, the priest at the River, and the Messiah, the mediator of the new covenant, the Lord and the high priest forever being officially identified, installed, and inaugurated. The meeting finally came. I want us to look more deeply into this meeting in the next lesson and discuss what exactly happened, what really was so pivotal that changed in that meeting, and we will talk about that in the next episode. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can come and join us again for future messages in our Wilderness Man at the Jordan study of John the Immerser. God bless you today.